0: Out, we did for years, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of like these iPhones. Then all of a sudden, they just don't work no more, and you're like, "Well, it worked for three years, and now all of a sudden, it just went, it just went downhill fast." And um, so, the microphone, the microphone business seems to be doing the same thing. Um, <clears throat> all right, grab your Bible, go to Acts chapter number one. Acts chapter number one. Um, you know, this usually we bring somebody in to, to preach uh, on church anniversary and uh, stuff like that. Uh, Brother Mark's done it, <laughs> Jason Holly's done it. There's been a lot of people do it over time. Um, and uh, Brother Troy's gonna be here next week. And I just thought, hey, let, let's, let's just do this. And uh, and really and truly, there, there could be no greater uh deal than what we're doing as far as um. How God orchestrated Acts uh, with with our 10 year anniversary, and uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and 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 I'm really grateful for how God how God worked that whole thing out. So <clears throat> last week or two weeks ago, Brother Dylan preached last week. If you hadn't listened to that, you need to go back and and listen to that. Um, great message. God used it uh, in a big way. Um, but a week before that, we started off, uh, really finally got into Acts chapter number 1, and we dealt with the first five verses, and in those first five verses, we saw Jesus Christ giving a work, giving the work to the apostles. We saw Jesus Christ giving the work to the apostles. And um, so, a couple of things we, we realize about the book of Acts, it's a historical book, uh, it's a transitional book. It's not a doctrinal book. Now, we can take some things out of the book of Acts doctrinally as long as they are lining up with the New Testament church epistles from Romans to Philemon. Amen? Yeah. So we understand yeah. Acts chapter 1, and and, and I may hit this again, Acts chapter 1 of verse number 8, it directly applies to us uh, because it is in, it's what we've been called to do. It's what we've been called to do. And so we want to make sure that we understand it. there is... There's this idea that we're going from the Jew, from the Jew, and, and and go to Acts chapter number seven. Look at the final rejection of the Jews when they stone Stephen. Uh, rolls right into Acts chapter number nine, where the apostle Paul comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And in Acts chapter number ten, we see a Gentile man, uh, an Italian, come to faith in Jesus Christ. And from there on out, we find that the book of Acts really shifts to a Gentile focus from there on out. And why is that such a big deal? Well, you need to understand that we have books in our Bibles that are transitioning us in periods of time, right? They're transitioning us in periods of times. And that's a, that's a really big deal. I, I know a lot of times we, we don't necessarily uh, lay that out like we should, but but we I think we took enough weeks to get that under, under our belts for sure. Uh, so we looked at two things last week. Number one, we looked at Jesus, or two weeks ago. Jesus imparted duty on those. He imparted truth. So Jesus gave them responsibility based on the truth that they heard. And Brother Daniel said it earlier... Uh, to whom much is given, much is required. And because they did spend that three and a half year period with Jesus Christ, and they made it to that John 17 culmination to where Jesus prayed that prayer and said, I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do in these men. They made it. They, they made it to that spot. Now the responsibility had been given to them to, to then carry on What Jesus had imparted to them. And then we looked at uh, Jesus imparted ability. Imparted ability. Uh, He imparted ability without reserve. He imparted ability without reserve. So, So what did he give them? Well, he gave them many infallible proofs of the resurrection. Not one, not two, but they were infallible. They were not to be that you could not get away from the fact that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a real thing. And everybody said amen right there. Uh, so what, what, what does that mean for us? It means that, that that ought to fuel us. That the resurrection of Jesus Christ ought to fuel us. And then he trained them. And then he promised them power. We're going to look at that power in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 this morning. So uh, when Jesus left this earth physically at, uh, at, at the end of his first coming, uh, we're going to look at something today that he, he gave the, the apostles a job to do and that job still continues with you and me. That job has not stopped. The work wasn't done. In fact, the work was just beginning. And we're going we're to get in on that this morning, that the work was just beginning. Now, we do have to understand a couple things. You may say, well, what, what about John chapter 19, uh, where the work on the cross, uh, Jesus said, it is finished. Now, that work was finished, but we need to understand uh, something about that work that only Jesus Christ could do that work. Only Jesus Christ could do that work. Why? Because Jesus is the only one that's been virgin-born and sinless. And according to Romans 5 and verse number 12, you had to be virgin-born and sinless to provide yourself a perfect sinless sacrifice without the, the, the human DNA of Adam. Amen? Does that make sense? Uh, and we say this all the time around here, bears repeating. Uh, you're, on, you're lost because of Adam. You're a sinner because of Adam. As by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon how many men? All men. All men. Not a few men. It, it passed upon all men. And that is the reason that Jesus gave the opportunity to all men. Not a few men. Not one man. Not two men. Not... A select group of people? No, he gave it to all men that whosoever would drink of the water of life freely. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that 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 it's all and not some? Amen. Okay? So so but we understand. We understand that John 17. Uh, That was the work work that Jesus finished there, the work that God gave him, training these men that God gave him out of the world, training these men that God gave him out of the world. It began the work of getting the message to the world. It started in Jerusalem. It started with the Jews, but eventually it was going to extend out beyond that. Now, what we do need to realize is is that the, the Gentile world, the Gentile world was actually included in this to begin with, okay? But it was to be the Jew evangelizing the Gentile world, which is what will happen during the, time of the, uh, during the period of the tribulation, right? We will go back to that forcefully, it will be a thing to where great tribulation will come to the Jew and, and they will finally submit and they will be the great evangelists that they were intended to be after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, we know because they said no. And he came to his own and his own what? Received him not. We know Acts chapter number 7 in that, that last rejection where Jesus Christ is standing at the right hand of God the Father. We see that shift. Okay? When I look at Christianity today, I, I see I see that that not all of us are getting the work done. Uh, in fact, in fact, I, I would say there's actually only only a few people getting the work done. And and you know, for the last five years or so, I mean we've been here Tim, but for the last five years or so, we've really worked to establish a foundation. We really worked to build a foundation that could not be moved, that, that would not be tore down. And, and we don't really have anything to brag about, right? But we have been working to establish this foundation. And, and so this morning, make sure, make sure you get this. Uh, that, that first blank there, uh, if we understand correctly, the availability of the resources isn't enough, Right? The availability of the resources, it isn't enough. Well, what, 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 what is there then? Well, it's a mindset. You have to have the right mindset. You have to have the right perspective. You have to understand the matter that we're dealing with this morning. It, it comes back to perspective. It comes back to mindset. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Paul deals with with this in in the in the church at Corinth. He says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For our weapon for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds." Now, verse number five, he says, "Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into uh, captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." Now, what we 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 need to understand is. That the battle that you and I, for perspective's sake, the battle that you and I are going to encounter is going, is going to be right between the ears. Amen? It's going to be right right between uh, your ears. And, and what, what we've got to make sure that we understand is that Paul, that the Apostle Paul and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is dealing in multiple places on what you think and how you think and how that plays into the perspective that you have in the ministry. Uh, Paul said, we, we dealt with this uh, two weeks ago in Philippians uh, chapter number 4 here on Wednesday night. He, he, he dealt with this. He said, think on these things. And he goes down through a list and he deals with those things that he wants us to think think on in, in these whatsoevers, whatsoever things are this, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are. Hey, think on these things. Now we know if you've been in Philippians 4 on Wednesday night with us, that it's tied directly back to peace. That your mind is that your mind is tied directly, uh, thinking on those things is tied directly to the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. What's it going to do? It's going to keep your heart and it's going to keep your mind. And so Paul understands that if you want your heart kept and you want your mind kept and you want to be centered standing in the peace of God, the only way to do that is to get your mind where? To get it right. To get it biblical. Okay? So we, we understand that, that what we think really matters. So I'm, I don't know how many of you have ever dealt with this before. um. But there's there's times in your life when when you're just reading the Bible to read the Bible. Anybody ever do that? You just read it to read it? It ain't really... It. You're just reading it and you're like, well, this is black words on white paper. And you just ain't getting it. Nothing about, nothing about what you're reading is, is making any sense. And, and then other times you can read your Bible and it's like everything that you read, it just all makes sense. I believe it's tied directly to how we go in with perspective sake. How we go into the Word of God with, from a perspective's sake. The person, uh, the person that I am sometimes going to the Bible, sometimes it's two different people. And you know what? James says the dude that's like that, the, the double-minded man, the dude that's like he's going to be unstable, Right? And so we've got to make sure that we understand there's a practical principle that we need to look at this morning. And I'm just trying to set us up for where we're going. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There are things in your Bible that you will not get, that, that a lost man will not get. And I want to say this. There are things in your Bible that a carnal man will never understand a man that's called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and he's put himself at the feet of Jesus and he's saved and he knows that he is but he can't seem to understand the Bible. Why? Because the things in this book are spiritually discerned and a carnal man will never get them and that's why, that's why Paul told the church at Corinth, hey, you can't grow, you, you are in Christ but you can't grow Because of all your carnality. There's strifes and there's envies and there's fightings and there's all this stuff. And your issues that you're dealing with right now as a saved man are causing you not to be able to grow in the Lord. He said, I'm having to speak to you as babe. So make sure sure you get this. There's a lot of us that that if we're not careful, God is going to let us... Get this, God will let you have an unrenewed mind if that's what you choose to do. Romans 12, 2 is a privilege. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a privilege. It's, 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 it's a privilege for you. We preach around here like it's a must, and it is it is a must and it is a privilege. It's A, it, 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 you, you, a lot of times we take for granted the fact that God will renew our mind. And that he will let us read this book with fresh eyes. He will let us read this book with the heart of David. Open thou mine eyes that I might receive wondrous things out of thy law. He he, he will do that. But he will give you, just like he gave them in Romans 1 over to a reprobate mind. He will give you a renewed mind. Or he'll let you keep the one you have if that's what you want. So when I think about it, I think that my perspective is a really big deal. My perspective when I'm looking at doing the work is a really big deal. Why? Because I can have all of the resources available to me. I can have all of the things. I can have infallible proof. I can be trained. I can be sinner. I can have it all. I can have it all. But if my perspective is not right, I'll never turn my own home upside down much less a city. I'll never turn my own life upside down with the gospel, with the word of God. My life will not be changed by the word of God. My home will not be changed. God will say, okay, you don't want the renewed mind here. Have, take the one you have. But you need to know there's consequences. I'll give you all that you want. I'll give you all the resources you need. But that don't mean... That don't mean anything if you're not willing to have the right mind and the right perspective as we go into it. He told them about the work. He gave them the work. And he told them before they got started with doing the work, you ready, that they would need to wait for the promise of the Spirit. That they would need to wait for the promise of the Spirit. And so we pick up here in Acts chapter uh, 1 of verse number 6. Uh, let, let's, let's read that together. Uh, when, when they therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for it is not for you to know the times or the season which the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and, uh, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as they went, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said ye men of Galilee, why stand, ye, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have, uh, as ye have seen him go into heaven. Let's pray uh, just for a minute and we'll, we'll jump right into this thing. Lord, thank you again for today. Uh, thank you for the goodness of God on this place. I pray that you bless this morning. Give us a heart uh, to hear and ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, what, what's, what's really crazy is when you, 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 look there in verse number six, there is a, a question in verse number six, right, right off the rip, there, there's a question and they, they, after we, we looked at verse five last week and, and, uh, and, and, and this question, uh, one through five last week, this question just blows up out of nowhere. And, and they said, uh, when, uh, when they therefore were come together, they ask of him saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So, so right, off the, right off the rip, they had this, they had this question on their heart, and, and what really happens with the question is that Jesus kind of gives a non-answer to the question. He, he doesn't really give an answer yay or nay. It's almost like a wait. It's almost like... Uh, it's almost like, yeah, well, we're, here here's what you need to do, and, and so I, I want I want you to I want you to make sure that that you understand this this morning. God God has a God has a work for these disciples that that will include the kingdom being restored to Israel one day, Amen. Okay, but that's not His attention right now. His attention is not on that at this moment. So number one, I want you, I want, I want you to look at this. Give our, uh, uh, we need to give our attention to his assignment, not to our agenda. We need to give our attention to his assignment, not to our agenda. And I put in a little parentheses: as innocent as the disciples' agenda may have been, which I don't think they were malice at all in their heart, I don't think there was any kind of Uh, ill will in their heart with this question but make sure you you understand this wasn't the assignment they had already been given the assignment Matthew 28 they had already been given what they were supposed to do and it it may seem very simple this may be, you're like man uh, that's a really simple point this morning Uh, but but, but you got to remember Jesus just spent three and a half years with these people and then he specifically spent uh, Forty days after his death and resurrection, with them and 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 speaking to them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, what what we looked at last week was the or two weeks ago, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. It's not a physical one. Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so the kingdom of God is inside people and it has to do with spiritual things concerning heaven and eternity and the kingdom of God is populated by spiritual beings and that those beings would include us. Amen and 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 so he even says he he tells them uh, he tells them in Luke chapter number 17 he's prepared them for this thing and he says uh, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God sh- should come and he answered them and said the kingdom of God cometh not with observations so you're looking and, and and they're not wrong they're looking for a physical kingdom they're looking to come out from under the persecution of the Jews as religious Pharisees as they were, they still knew the prophecy was true, and, and what Jesus says: the kingdom of God cometh not with observation; neither shall they say, "Lo, here!" or "Lo, there." For behold, the kingdom of God is what it's within you. So, so here it is. Uh, we we'll go 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 back to John chapter number three when Nicodemus with Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus, you must be born again. You need a new birth, Nicodemus. You need a spiritual birth. Well, what they were not looking for, they were not looking for the kingdom to be inside of them. They were looking for one to be here on this earth. The contrast here is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that that refers to a physical kingdom where Jesus will rule and reign as king over the earth physical with Israel as the head of the nations. Okay? Okay. This is what they were looking for. And so the Jews were looking for a way out from under the grip of the Romans. And and, and, and he came and he offered them this spiritual kingdom first. Like, here it is, guys. This is what you're going to get. And and so so they all come together. They all come together and, and, and they're confused. Lord, so what about now? And their confusion is warranted. Amen? How many of you read the Bible this week and you were confused? (laughs) Like, like, listen, I I don't know of a person in here uh, that hadn't read the Bible at times and be like, well, that don't really make sense. Uh, Sir Joe comes to a question with me about Jehoshaphat the other day, and I'm racking my brain because I'm like, Jehoshaphat dies, and then he shows back up alive again. Well, ain't this interesting? You know, the, the, the fatherly duty is to come up with a really good explanation on the spot. That's what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this. And so uh, I had to call one of my buddies, and she called one of her buddies. And so finally, we came to the conclusion that we needed to come to, and we, we knew why Jehoshaphat was back alive again. But he wasn't really. He died. Uh, but it was just a retelling of something else. But So it, it took us a little while. But I've been confused when I've read the Bible, and I bet you have been too. And that's why it's important that we understand that, right, the visions help us to understand the Bible. Now, you've got to remember, we have the whole Bible right now. We have all 66 books that we need canonized in Scripture. They did not. We look at them like, man, they should knew. have knew.'t We're in a better spot than they were. Amen? We're actually in a better spot than they were. And so they just didn't know that they knew it all pointing to Jesus, but in, in their minds, they could not get how this whole thing was, was unfolding. Okay? Look, you see Daniel 2 and, and verse 44, they believe that. They believed Daniel two in verse 44. And and, and specifically in reference to his kingdom. To his kingdom that was to come. They knew that there was a promised kingdom. But they could not see into the future. And so what they couldn't get their minds wrapped around was that he was going to be gone for a while and then he's going to come back. And so they're like, well, wait a minute. Before you go, what are we going to do about this whole kingdom thing? How are we going to get back to this kingdom deal? And so what they needed to understand, what they needed to understand was this thing was not about their agenda. It was about their assignment. They needed to understand the work that they had been given to do. They needed to understand that the the, the work that they had been given to do. So what does Jesus say? So what does Jesus say in in return? But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. And even this wasn't a new revelation because we know that the plan was they would do this. It was the plan that the Gentiles was going to get in, but according to Isaiah 43, it was going to be the plan, uh, but but Israel was going to be the catalyst. Israel was going to be the movers and the shakers in this whole thing. And their witness would definitely extend beyond Israel. So they they knew this was their job, but they couldn't get past the physical. They couldn't get past a physical kingdom on this earth and look at a spiritual kingdom in a man. Now, a lot of times, I think sometimes we, we're in the same boat. We're always looking for Jesus to do something here and now, right now, here on this earth for us. Oh, we got to, Jesus has got to make it better. And the whole time, this is not about Jesus making it better, it's about a spiritual kingdom. It's about you being built up spiritually. It's about God working in you spiritually. You go look at the prayers of the Apostle Paul and most every prayer that the Apostle Paul is praying for other people is that they would be strengthened in the new man. That their new man, that the, the person inside, that they would endure hardness is a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Why? Because this life is going to be filled with bumps and bruises and ups and downs and we have to get the Assignment, not our agenda, not a life of fluff, not a life of luxury, a life of sacrifice, a life that is going to be given to suffering. Why? Because if you suffer with Him, you'll reign with Him. So the answer was all right, guys, y'all just wait, wait for the Spirit. Wait for the promise of the Spirit, and then you're gonna be into the power, and then you're gonna be my witnesses, and and then you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna really be able to do something, but you're gonna have to wait. And so Jesus is trying to get them to understand the assignment. Jesus is trying to get them to understand, understand. The assignment. Well what what the the mission of Acts one and, and verse number eight, it goes right along with Matthew chapter 28, 19 through twenty, and, and it, it gives us a real clear picture to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It's the same. It's the same mission that has been given, uh, that was given to them, has been given to us. Um. That's why we're we're always we're always saying, hey, uh, just being a member here. As much as we're grateful that you want to be a member. That's not the mission. It's not Matthew 28. It's not uh, 1 Timothy 2 and 2 uh, 2 Timothy 2 2. It's not Acts 1 and verse 8. It's not any of those. And, 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 And praise the Lord, you want to be a member here. But if it doesn't actually include making disciples, then we're missing it. If it doesn't actually include making disciples, then we're missing it. And so then we ask the question, if people were to look at your life, here's a good examination question this morning. If people were to look at your life, would they think that your mission is to build a career? Would they think that your mission is to create a really good life for your family? Because that's noble in this day and age. Good careers are noble in this day. There's nothing wrong with having a good career. There's nothing wrong with with creating a good life for your family. But the old adage, well, I just want my kids to have better than I did. Listen, we're setting our kids up for failure with that adage. Why? Because most of them don't have to work anymore. Most people that set their kids up with better than what they had didn't create an environment that you had that caused you to work to have what you had to begin with. And so the American dreams actually turned into the biggest nightmare of all. Maybe, maybe, maybe if somebody looks at your life and they're like, man, you know, I, I want to be spiritual, but I really can't make it go beyond church. It just doesn't fit into my agenda in everyday life. Well, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't fall out to making disciples. That doesn't fall out to the, to the mission. That doesn't fall out to the assignment. I, you say, well, I do other things. I feed the poor. I go and help the homeless. And, and, and I, do, I do this. And I do that. And all that's noble. And all that's good. And, and all of that is right. But, but make sure, Brother Dylan said it this morning. If that's all you do and it doesn't extend to the gospel being preached, then it's all vanity. How shall they call on him... And who they have not believed. And how shall they hear? How shall they hear? How shall they hear? The whole world is looking to hear. The whole world is looking for somebody to stand up and open their mouth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. It's not your power that brings people to Jesus Christ. You're just a sower. You're just a waterer. It is God that giveth the increase. But He He needs you to preach the gospel so god's calling us to be a witness god's telling them you're going to be a witness you remember what you remember what happens they they're they're uh, they're uh, they're ignorant they perceive that they were ignorant and unlearned men remember that we we we'll get there eventually they perceived they were ignorant, unlearned men. But you know what they—you know what they—they they got the, the best thing they got out of out of uh, Peter and John. They perceived that these men had been with Jesus. What does that mean? It means that you—you you don't actually have to graduate to any kind of theologian. Most of, us, m- most of us never will and, and don't need to and, and I don't actually want to. I just, I just want to know the Bible. I don't care about titles. I don't care about any of that. Why? Because the more I know about the Bible, the more accountable I am to the fact that I am supposed to be a witness First and foremost, I am supposed to be a witness. That is what God has called me to do. I am to be obedient to the plan of witnessing. Listen, God called me to be a pastor. God called me uh, years ago to pastor. But, but at the end of the day, my first job is to be a witness. What is a witness? Well, a witness is somebody who saw something Somebody who heard something, somebody who felt something, and then that somebody that saw and heard and felt, they went and told, they went and told others about it. John 1, and verse 1, 1 John 1 and verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, you ready? Of the word of life. That's what a witness is, that's all a witness is. It means that you have to tell your story. And while we're here, let's put the break on. It means that you have to tell your story. It means that you cannot get away from telling your story. Second, second Peter chapter 1, verse 16, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. It means that you have a story to tell, or you don't. If you've got one, then you need to tell it. You need to tell it. If you don't have one, then you need to get one. You need to come to Jesus today. You need to quit playing games. You need to quit putting it off like you have a story. You don't have a, If you don't have a story of the saving grace of Jesus Christ, at a certain point, you are not progressively saved in your life. You weren't born saved. You did not progressively get saved. You did not progressively get better. There is a point that whosoever this point shall what? Call at this point on the name of the Lord shall be what? At this point. Right? Everybody, everybody well, I think you can have this thing. up. You can, not biblically. You can have your own ideology, but not biblically. So we have a story to tell. If we've got a story to tell, then we need to go tell it. We need to go tell it. Uh, Psalm 111 and verse 4. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. So he's made the wonderful works in my life and in your life to be remembered. Uh, Deuteronomy, and I mentioned this verse earlier. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 9. Only take heed to thyself and to keep thy soul diligently, diligently lest thou forget the things which thine eyes hath seen, and lest th- uh, they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But you right, here we go. But teach them, uh, but but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Okay, you ready? This means daddies. This means mothers. This means father. Uh, uh, this means grandpas and grandmas are supposed to teach from their heart the things that God done in their life. And if you're not doing that, there's a clear call that you need to take heed to yourself and keep your soul. It's good for your kids to know who you are in your past. It's good for your grandkids to know who you were in your past. Well, I just think they should be kept from that. You think they should be kept from the sins of your youth? You think they should be kept from from the raging lust that you had as a young man? You don't think it's going to visit them? Well, I don't want to scar my kids. You don't want to tell them the truth because because you're more dignified than that. You don't want you don't want to tell them about you don't want to tell them about when you got married and you had the roughest year of your life because. You couldn't love your wife the way Christ loved the church and she couldn't submit the way the church is supposed to submit to Jesus Christ. You want to tell them that? Because they're going to grow up and, and they're going to have probably the roughest year of their life. You, that's what he's called us to. Well, this thing took a turn for the worst, huh? All sweet and rosy and cuddly then went way downhill. Now look, y'all don't be quiet when we get done praying. Well, we're going to go eat. And so, uh, just so everybody knows, we're going to have a really good time. But this is preaching time, okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll, have a really, we'll have a really good time. What does what, what is, what is all that matter? What, what do you mean? It matters what you do with your witness. If you are holding your tongue from your kids, from your grandkids, about things in your life that God has done, not spe- and things God has delivered you from. Man, you are doing such an injustice to those around you. You forget, you forget that the consequences are going to extend way beyond you. You forget that the consequences extend to your family and your children, and even your grandchildren. And so the the need to not tell of the goodness of God is 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 the equivalent of telling your kids that you don't need to tell of the goodness of God. And telling your grandkids that you don't need to tell of the goodness of God. Be quick to talk about how Jesus saved you. Be quick to talk about what God is doing in your life right now. And, and that's what, it, we probably need a, a short intermission right here. Because God, for, for, a, for more than half this room that got saved at an earlier age, God has done way more for you after you got saved. You you don't have a big story to recount before you got saved. No, God's done a lot in your life since you got saved. And in the present moment, God wants you to talk about what God's doing in your life right now. Some say, well, I don't have the story. I don't have this. I don't have that. Listen, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself because God's doing a lot right now. God's working a lot right now. God's changed some of your hearts in the last year. And you need to sit down and commune with your own heart to see what you need to say about that. Let let me me get the next one. Um, uh, Number number two, uh, give our attention to the miracle that empowers us. Give our attention to the miracle that empowers us. What is the miracle that empowers us? The ascension. The ascension is a, a miracle that empowers us. Now, what, what is? It? you can look in verse 9 and, and, and you can see that. But, but this is something, too, that the disciples didn't fully grasp yet. Uh, they're still looking for the, the kingdom uh, uh, the kingdom to be restored. And this is going to require a king to be present how many of you understand the king is not present he's actually leaving out on a cloud and they're like what what is what is going on right now uh but what he told them in john 16 nevertheless i tell you the truth it is expedient for you that i go away it's expedient that for you that i get carried away on this cloud why For if I go not, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. What they didn't know, because part of the promise of the Holy Spirit was that Jesus would be leaving. So when he goes, the Spirit is going to come. And what we've what we got to remember, it is the Spirit of God that empowers us for the mission. It is the Spirit of God that causes us to be able to accomplish the mission. Why? Because you could not do it without the enabling power of the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said, wait, uh, instructed them to wait. On him to come. And now that he indwells us, now that he lives with inside of us, now that he has sealed us unto the day of redemption, now that he is the one that becomes the teacher. That now he lives inside of every person that will receive Jesus Christ. And he makes them his people. And he lives in them. And he walks in them. And he teaches them the book. And he teaches them how to pray. And he comforts them when they're sad. And he encourages them when they're broken hearted. And when they're discouraged. You say, man, that that is, that is what I need. I need to see that. I need to get a hold of that. I need to see that, man, that. That power is in me. And what we do is we take, this, we take the ascension for granted. We take the miracle that is, in, 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 that is the ascension for granted. A lot of times, um, because some of us think it would be better if Jesus was here in person. Well, I'll tell you this, I've heard it said, I've heard it said uh, years ago, somebody said, man, if I, if, I tell you what, I think my Christian life would be easier if Jesus were here in the flesh. And that's not true. It, 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 it's not, Jesus said it wasn't true. Jesus said, I, it's expedient that I go away. I need to go away. Guys, I gotta go. I, 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 I need to go. Why? God, why do you need to go? Jesus, why do you need to go? Because when the Spirit comes, man, I'm going to give you power through that Spirit and and God's going to do some great things for you through the Spirit. I I don't have time. You you got some verses. um, You got some verses, Luke 24, uh, Mark chapter number 16. You you got those verses. You You can go back and... You can look at those verses. I just don't have time to hit them right now. Um, I, I do want to make a point, though. Um, there is something that is happening. The Bible says even now in heaven, uh, Romans eight and verse thirty four. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that it is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. So, so right now. Jesus Christ at the right hand of God and He is interceding on our behalf. So His going away provided the Holy Spirit to live inside of us but, but it also provided Jesus interceding on our behalf. Hebrews 7 and verse 25 Wherefore He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Uh, uh, Hebrews 9 verse 24 For Christ is not entered into the holy place Made with hands which are the figures of the true But into heaven itself Now appear in the presence of God For who? For us We have to understand the miracle We have to get this thing Why? Why? Because you need to get within your spirit that, that when I am feeling all alone and if you've never felt all alone in the ministry, you ain't doing it right. If you've ne- Listen, there are times when you're going to feel alone. You're not. You're not alone. You have brothers and sisters here on this earth with you that are in it with you and it may feel like you're alone because somebody hadn't texted you or somebody hadn't called you or because some miraculous thing hasn't, hasn't happened in your life. But you're not alone. You're not alone because the presence of God is making intercession for us. You have the Holy Spirit in you, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and you have Jesus interceding on your behalf. And so you have a representative here on this earth and you have a representative in heaven. Praise the Lord. Man, it is an encouraging thing that the Lord give us that. And that encourages me. Just keep going. Just keep doing it. Look, don't matter how hard it gets. It don't matter how depressed I get. It don't matter how how bad I don't want to get out of bed one day. Because it's just terrible and it's all blew up and everybody needs counseling and everybody needs this and nothing's going right. And the sermon I preached was a big old flop. I don't know I don't know if you know this sometimes, but some preachers they they like me, they, you know, if it just flops right in front of my face, I know it way before you do. And I'm like, man, that was terrible. That was just awful. I can't believe I did that. What kind of sorry sap am I to do something like that? And so I go home, and, and, I'm, and I, I'm, I ask Jordan, I'm like, man, was that terrible or what? She's like, oh, no, it was, it was, it was, it was good. And when she says it was good, you you know for sure, oh, that was terrible. Like, you can just tell. Like, you can't, you never escape her face for sure. You want her to make sure she's looking at you when you answer the question. You don't want to text it. You don't want to call her. You want to make sure that you're eyeball to eyeball and you're going to get the full facial expression of what she has to say. And you're like, yeah, that was awful. I understand. I, I got here. Yeah. Uh, we'll back up and punt, Okay. We'll back up, we'll will will get us will get us a little redo. But here's what here's what we need here's what we need to understand. Hebrews 4 and verse number 15, for we have not an high priest which, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus Christ who is ministering and who is advocating and who is interceding and who is mediating on your behalf. He knows exactly we have a perfect high priest that knows what we're feeling and what we're going through. <clears throat> Let me give you the third one. Let me give you the third one. We need to give our attention to the right motivation for the next ten years. We need to give our attention to the right motivation for the next 10 years. This motivation is twofold. I want you to get get this one and, and, and make sure you get it deep. Number one, he's coming back. He's coming back. Look at verse 10. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by uh, by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Now, I don't know who those two men speaking was. I want to I wanna say it was Moses and Elijah. I don't know that it was. I think it could be. It could just been two random angels. I, I don't know. That's a, another story for another day, I guess. But I want to think it was Elijah that said... What's what y'all looking at? What 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 are what are y'all what are y'all looking at but because just like you see him go that's how he's going to come back. Here's the message. Just like you've seen him go, he's going to come back, go serve him. That's so, you're like, man, that was simple. How are how, how you, how you going to dumb it down like that? Well, because here's the truth. The truth is that one day he's going to come back. So what do we do in the meantime? That we go serve him. We just go serve Him. The King is coming and it should be motivation for the mission. It should be motivation for the mission that this same Jesus, that this same Jesus, it won't be a different Jesus. It's going to be this same Jesus and for the last 2,000 years, Jesus hasn't changed and when He comes back, it will be in the same glorified body that the disciples touched. It'd be the same glorified body that that Thomas saw and said, "My Lord, my God." It'll be that same Jesus. It'll be that same Jesus. What do you mean? Jesus has not changed. He's sitting at the right hand of God the Father in a glorified body like he had on this earth, and he is coming back. He is coming back one day, and he says this: "Hey, listen, Greater Hope Baptist Church, here's." Here's the job. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you, you got to get in your mind. For the next 10 years, This, all right, just go serve Him. This same Jesus, He's going to come back. So give yourself 10 more years. Give yourself 10 more years. What are we going to do after that? We're going to give ourselves 10 more years for He come back. What are we going to do after that? We cannot change the mission. Why? Because the mission ain't ours to change. And neither is Jesus. Why? Because He's coming back. And we got to get that. It's got to burn. It's got to burn deep in us. For the Lord Himself, 1 Thessalonians 4, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we worship, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with, the, with them in the clouds and, uh, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Our judgment's coming. Our judgment's coming. You can play that if you would. Bro. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he, to that he hath done whether it be good or bad Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Our judgment's coming. Our judgment is coming. And it's a fact that when He comes back, we will be judged. James says that our life is as a vapor. It appeareth for a little while, and then it vanisheth away. There's a lot I don't understand in life. Sometimes I can't make heads or tails of things. Here's what I do know. I do know he's coming back, and I don't have anything else to do. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a new agenda. We don't do themes around here because the theme's always the same. I'm not against people to do themes, by the way. <laughs> That's a good way to get a meme, a little clip made out of you. I don't. We, we don't why, why don't we do that? Because we don't have anything else to do. Well, that's kind of boring. Could you create a theme for us to make us all feel better about 2024? I'm not doing that. I don't have time. I'm not near creative enough either, so I'm not doing that. What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you this. Jesus is coming back. Just like he said he was. going to judge he's going to judge every believer in this room based off his service he's going to give him exactly what he worked for here on this planet why because he's a good master you don't deserve. you don't deserve he doesn't have to do that but if you'll be a good steward if you'll be a good steward of the life that jesus christ has given you you're going to reap you're going to reap at the judgment seat This morning I the work is, is pretty simple. It's not really complicated. It's not near as complicated as we want to make it. Maybe this morning, maybe this morning you're in here and you're you're just kind of floundering around. You don't have no purpose. You don't have no path. You're just like, I'm here. It's cool. You've been given a work to do. And that's <coughs> it. Nothing else. Well, man, I, I, how do I get ready for it? There's, you want to get ready for it? You Find me. Find Brother Dylan. We'll get you ready for it. We'll put you on a path to get you ready for it. It's not. It, it, listen. Don't overcomplicate this thing. Just be willing to say yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Don't be. Don't be like. Don't be like the, the those men when he he invited those men to the sur- Hey, I, I got I got five yoke of oxen and I haven't yet proved. Hey, I got a wife back at home. Hey, I got a piece of ground I got to go look at. What, what's going to be your excuse? Well, it's going to be, well, you know, I, I just can't do that. It's a it's a statistical fact that the older you get without saying yes to the mission, the percentages, the percentage, the chance of percentage that you're ever going to say yes to it drops significantly every year. Our chances of getting a bunch of people that are 40 and 50 years old to say yes to the mission, has been saying uh, no to it for, for 40 and 50 years. It's gonna be a slim one. They're out there, but it's gonna be a slim one. But if we can, if we can target some people that are like, you know, that are that are my kids' age, they're 20, 25 years old to see, to see it like God's called us to see it. To get a burden like God. To see that God deserves our life in worship. That God deserves my life. God plus nothing and minus nothing. God deserves my life. And I just want to be obedient to that. Like I just want to be a John 4 guy. Like Lord, I just want to be a true worshiper. I just want to be a true worshiper. What are true worshipers? Well, they're not fakes. You'll always spot the fake. Because the fake is more concerned with their name than God's name. What are you this morning? What are you this morning? Genesis chapter number 11. You're the kind of group that wants to wants to find them a place in the plain. Wants to find them a, a place there. In Genesis chapter 11, verse number 4, there's a group of people that were commanded to go and multiply and replenish the earth. You know what they did? They got there in that plane and they built them a tower. And they said, We want to make us a great name, we want to make a name for ourselves. Name what God told them to do. God didn't tell us to build, big, build, build uh, big buildings. God didn't tell us to make names over here. God didn't tell us to put our name in lights. God didn't tell us to do that. What did God tell us to do? Go and multiply and replenish the earth. That's what God. That's the job. That's what God gave us to do. Go make spiritual sons and daughters to as many as received and to them uh, He gave power to become the sons of God, even to them but believe in His name. That's what He give us to work. That's what He gives us to do. And this morning, I'm calling you. On this day, man, February 11th, 10 years into this thing, started in that little community center right down the road at Sarabab Park. Just a train wreck, nothing but sheer desire, sheer zeal, not according to knowledge. Just to do something, just to seek work. I want to invite you to the work. I want to invite you to the work with Jesus. But it's going to take you getting a burden for it. Let's do this. Every head bow? Maybe this morning you're in here and you're lost. You say, man, I, I've never been saved. Some people uh, have already came to the altar. Maybe you're in here and you say, man, I've never been saved. There's somebody in here who would love to take a Bible and show you what it means to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Say, if I die right now, I don't have any peace. Can you help me get peace? I I can show you what God says. And it will give you peace. You say, I I want you to pray for me. I don't don't have any assurance of my own personal salvation because I've never called on the name of the Lord to save me. I've never placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone to save my soul. And I just, I don't want you to come to me. I don't want you to, I just want you to pray for me. Right, or here's what I want you to do. I want you to slide your hand up long enough for me to see it. You slide it right back down. Don't make no crazy moves. Just slide it up. And I'm just going to pray for you. Real quick, all right? Maybe you're in here and you say, listen, I, I hear this thing. And I want to get on the right track. Maybe you remember Greater Hope Baptist Church. You've been here for a long time. You're like, man, I have fought this, so I can't fight it no more. Why Why don't you just come? Yeah, amen. Amen. Why don't you just say yes? All that fighting you got going on, all that disunity, junk it this morning. Just say Yes. You want to grab grab somebody to pray with you? Do that this morning. This is hard. You need brothers and sisters to fight this fight with you. I'm going to pray. You're in here. and You're lost. You need to come. You acknowledged it. It's really simple. You just, you take, I promise you, if you take one step this way, Jesus Christ, We'll take the rest for you. But you've got to take the first one. It's got to be on your own will. It's got to be on your own volition. Maybe you're in here and you say, I I've been here a long time. I I just I hadn't got serious about this thing yet. Won't you come? You got ten years. Let's let's do it. Let's do it for ten years. Let's just decide. We're gonna make disciples for ten years. We don't have anything else to do. Jesus deserves it that much we don't have anything else to do there's no more gimmicks no more games till he comes back just do that I'm going to pray Brother Daniel's going to sing if you're in here and you're lost you know what to do just come I'll take my Bible if you're a lady, somebody else just come let's get this thing right if you're in here and you are saved, hey, you want to come? You say, I'm, I'm, tired, of, I'm tired of this. Come on, let's do it. Father, I pray to you bless this morning. I pray to you bless this time of invitation. Lord, use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? If you need to come, make sure you slide out. Let somebody buy you if they need to come. Would you come on? voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you There's a friend who understands Everything you're going through Keep standing in the distance, in the shadow of your shame. See the light of hope that shines. Won't you come take your place? Come on, and bring it up. I, you want to talk to me after church, man? I, that's perfectly fine. You, you got somebody else in here you want to talk to? I'd love to help you. I'd love to help you get that settled. All right. Um, praise the Lord uh, for His goodness. Um, all right. So, uh, Miss Candace, I did exactly what you asked me to do, and I went past eleven thirty. If y'all are mad, anybody, it's Miss Candace's fault. I'm just kidding uh we yeah, um, um yeah I say, so the catering is running late, okay, should be here any minute, okay, so if once we're done here, if you just want to hang out here for a few minutes yeah, well, yeah, I'm go. sure you' all talk, hang out for a few minutes uh the caterer is um is running late, and uh that's stone worthy by the way, uh worthy of a stoning or hanging one of the two, I'm not real sure yet but. <laughs> Uh, but y'all just y'all just chill right here a minute, and then. Uh, right